and welcome to day eight of 30 Days of Terror. How you do? How you doing? I'm obviously a bit slow on the mark, off the mark even, today. <laughs> <laughs> we keep recording these and getting really giddy before we yeah, record them. We yeah, need to nice. be serious people. We do, we do. Um, I'm good. I'm surprised we're not hanging at this point, to be honest. I thought by episode eight, I'd be dragging my knuckles and talking nonsense. I'm, I'm not far off, but I'm Or just I'm shell-shocked. Yeah, I'm optimistic. Because that's, that's the other thing I thought would happen, where you'd be like, no more stories. <laughs> but I've got three stories for you today. Okay. And our first story is a short one. All right, fair But enough. it is a little Ouija board special. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, on that point, I've got a little bit of information to share with you. I got a message on Instagram today from a mother of a six-year-old that listens to our show called Sophia. And she was telling me that, um, obviously she's selective about what she lets us listen to because you've got a potty mouth and nobody wants How to dare you? Child. <laughs> um, but it, she was telling me that it was her birthday and she had a really cool Billie Eilish cake. But she was also saying that the last time uh, her daughter listened to the podcast, it was when I gave my Ouija board public service announcement. Which was very important. Landmark and- announcement. And she was just about to ask her mum about Ouija boards when I said, kids, don't mess around with Ouija boards, stick to Fortnite. And she took the advice and she didn't ask the question. So I just want to say, well done, Sophia. You're making great changes in the world. I am. Every mind a minute. That made no sense whatsoever. You ruined it. (laughs) Hey, do you know, do you want to know something about Billie Eilish? I do. One person (laughs) once on Instagram, once ever told me that I looked like Billie Eilish and I've clung to that ever since. Amazing. And I'm never, never going to let that go. I can see, I can see the resemblance in certain shots of you so I do get where that comes from. You're just like, I can see the resemblance in certain light if I'm squinting and, (laughs) if I've got my eyes closed and a mile away (laughs) and imagining a picture of Billie Eilish, I can see it. (laughs) But whoever that was on Instagram that told me I look like Billie Eilish, thank you because I'm taking that with me to the grave. Yep, be dining out on that when she's 90. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got three stories for you today. And the first story comes from Joshua. This didn't happen to me, but it happened to a staff that worked at the group home I stayed in once. Her nickname was Stretch because she's like six foot two. And I'm obviously not going to use her real name. When she was a teenager, her and a group of friends decided to use a Ouija board. And they did so at her house. Anyway, they made contact and only a few minutes in they ended the game because they were just too freaked out. The next few mornings, Stretch would wake up with scratches all over her arms, neck and back. She tried multiple times to get rid of the board, burning it, throwing it out, only for it to end up back on her bookshelf. After a week of trying and trying to get rid of it, she just gave up. She said at one point during the week she was watching TV and the wall by her TV literally lit on fire and it was like a sheet of flame, green flame. She said it was there for almost 30 seconds. She called her landlord and he had someone come out and check the wiring throughout the house and everything was fine. After that, she wasn't able to find the Ouija board. I know it's a wild story, but she swears up and down that it's true. After that, she was really into the paranormal and showed us some pictures of friends in cemeteries surrounded by orbs. That's like a short and sweet to the point creepy story, isn't it? Yeah, don't fuck with Ouija boards. 
Definitely don't. I'm going to repeat this again, and I'm just saying, like, you if, go. You, even if you don't necessarily believe in it and you think it's all nonsense, don't risk it. Just don't risk it. Because apparently your house will go on fire. Leave that stuff alone. And I can see why she called a landlord as well, because electrical fire, sometimes the flame looks slightly different, doesn't it? So, like, yeah, that makes and, sense. And, and of course, you're, you're logically going to be going to try and find an explanation yeah. that is reasonable yeah. and within the realms of your yeah. world. I also feel like that's some Jumanji shit going on as well. Yeah. You know, like trying to get rid of the board. You hear the drumming in the distance. Yeah. Somebody finds it. Yeah. But then it seems to have um, self-immolated the board. I'm not, I'm not sure if you can apply immolation to an inanimate object, but... There we are. We've done it now. Yeah. Uh, gets on fire on its own and then disappears. Maybe it's because whatever was trapped within it was released and then didn't need a board anymore. So just got rid of it. Tidying up after itself. I love a good little short Ouija board story I mean it's, it's terrifying yeah, it's absolutely <laughs> horrific if that is true like imagine the fear yeah that you would be experiencing yep. imagine right I'm like literally put myself in that situation where we get a Ouija board I'm like right, I need to get rid of this you put it in the bin and then the next morning and it's back oh you know what that same thing happens with dolls as well that is a very doll trope too any doll story we've ever read, it's always been like, and they tried desperately to get rid of it and she was back in the bedroom. Woo. Would you like another story? Yeah, go for it. Story number two comes from Danielle. Before we start, my mom isn't an easy scare. She's a hard as nails Geordie lass. She does believe in ghosts and the paranormal. We've always had an interest in what happens after death and always believed that there is something. I grew up in a Catholic household and went to Catholic schools, although we weren't very religious. It was in the late 90s when my little sister was around three months old. One night, my mom went into the kitchen to make up my sister's bottles for the night. She was standing over the sink fastening the bottles and turned around and there was a little girl standing there. She was about 10 years old and had a green and blue tartan pinafore dress with a matching bow in her hair and blonde ringlets. My mum was startled, but said hello to her, before the little girl ran off down the passage and turned into the living room. Mam followed her and when she got to the living room, the little girl was stood over my sister's Moses basket. When Mam then asked her who she was, the little girl just looked at her and disappeared. The next night, my mum went to the kitchen again to make up my sister's bottles. She caught movement in the reflection in the window and turned around, and the little girl was there again. She repeated the same movement of running down the passage and standing over my little sister's Moses basket. She asked my dad if he could see the little girl, and he said no. For the next few weeks, the little girl would appear to my mam at the same time and repeatedly run down the passage and stand over my sister. Intrigued, my mam, as everyone apparently loved doing in the 90s, had a medium party at the house with a group of friends. When it was her turn, she walked into the living room where he was and he immediately said, She's here. My mum played it cool, so as not to give anything away, and asked, Who's here? The medium answered, That little girl who's been visiting you. She wants me to tell you that she's just looking out for her and not to worry. She'll stay for as long as she needs to. Around the time of the visits from the little girl, we lost two babies close to the family from cot death. 
it was devastating to the family. So my mum felt comfort in the knowledge that the little girl could potentially be looking out for my little sister. After the medium, the girl visited intermittently for the next few weeks, and then the visit suddenly stopped. My sister was fine and is still annoying me to this day, but we've always wondered who she was and whether she was a guardian angel. The house we lived in at that time was so creepy and we all hated living there and constantly felt uneasy. We ended up moving a few years later and I swear my mom has seen some other shit that she just won't tell me about. The medium that visited the house said there was bad energy and weirdly not to open our front door as dark spirits wanted in. We obviously shit ourselves and never opened it again since he knew about the little girl. My sister continued to creep me out throughout our childhood with numerous unexplainable imaginary friends and foreshadowing of events that would happen. But it's all stopped now and she doesn't remember any of it. We're 10 years apart so you can just imagine how creepy it was for a 14 or 15 year old. Oh gosh. Why Who keep, is this little girl with ringlets? Why you keep bringing us Mr. Burns? Um. Oh. <laughs> is that the image you have in your head? Always. Um, why are you always bringing the little girl stories to to me? I don't need these little girl ghost stories. I don't need children ghosts in my life. Oh, it's disturbing. It um, is very scary. And it makes me wonder if like... Yeah, I remember there was a story. I don't remember when it was. But somebody sent us a story where they talked about how things would only appear to you in in a way that you will understand. You know what I mean? In a way that you will recognize and not freak you out. Maybe a little girl is like one of those things that's seen as not threatening. That's Whereas good. if it was that you, that's a really big mistake. I'm never going to see mistake. a little girl ghost then, am I? Because <laughs> I definitely would find it threatening. Um, if a medium came to me and said, oh, she's here and she's only here to look after your baby, I'd be like, nope, moving out. Or you'd be like, have the baby then, I'm yeah. off, see you later. Can't use the front door. I'd probably do the same though. If the, medium, if the medium came in and said, oh, that little girl that you've been seeing, I'd be like, okay, well, you're obviously legit. Yeah. And they said, don't ever open the oven door again. I'd be like, okay, oh, I oven won't. Door. No, no, they said front door. I was oh. just using an example. Oh, okay. But I completely get it. I'd be like, no, I will never open that front door again. Yeah, no, I get, I get it. But I'd go but I do wonder if it's... move out at that point. I'd be like, well, can't use the front door. So not much point living here. Bye. I do wonder if it's a metaphorical door that the medium was referring to. Like, don't open the door and let them in. But I also wouldn't use the front door again. I mean, if he was specific, if he said front door, though, he was talking about the front door. True. He wouldn't have gone, don't. He wouldn't have used the word front if he was talking about a metaphorical, metaphorical door. I'm just grateful that they had a back door that they could use. Because what do you do if a postman knocks on the front door? You're just like, sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Can't let the demons in. <laughs> Can you um put it in the window, please? <laughs> And our last story today comes from Carla. In 2011, I started dating my now husband. He had a roommate, but I would spend most of my time at his house, even if he wasn't at home. We knew pretty much from the start that we'd one day be married. His roommate had a huge German shepherd, sweet as could be, but terrifying if you didn't know her. She would spend most of her day in his bedroom, coming to the line of his bedroom like she was afraid to leave. She wouldn't leave the room without him. 
But with me there all of the time, his roommate decided to move out and allow me to move in. A little bit of a backstory because I know you love mirrors, Dan. The house I lived in before this had a giant six-foot orange mirror in the hallway when I moved in. Just leaning against the wall. I lived with three other girls, so we loved that mirror. When I moved, it came with me. Nothing really happened until I moved in. He was in five bands at this point, so he would be at band practice almost every night. I have a daughter from a previous marriage. She was about to turn five, and she spent half her time with me and half her time with her dad. Our house was a little two-bed, one-bath on the outskirts of the city, a ritzy neighbourhood, but our house needed updating, so we didn't pay much for rent. Remember the mirror? Mm-hmm. Well, we propped it up. It's six foot tall, orange, heavy as hell. And we propped it up against the wall leading into the hallway, with a door that stayed open in front of it. We would close the door to check our outfits, then open it back up so the door mostly hid the mirror at all times. I don't remember the exact first thing that really happened, but here's a list of what I can remember feeling. I would be washing the dishes with my back facing the entry door to the kitchen. I would always feel someone walk in, like my husband, turn to say hello, but no one would be there. This happened almost nightly. Once the trash can lid flew off the can without anything touching it, I'd hear voices talking about me, men's voices, while I would shower. They would be talking about me saying really gross things. I would lock my bathroom door in the hopes that that would somehow keep them out. Eventually, I asked my husband if he'd ever experienced anything before I'd moved in. He told me that once he had woken up to a little boy praying on his nightstand, where he kept his grandfather's Bible. As soon as it appeared, it was gone. He thought that I was loony, but not enough to break up with me, clearly. We ended up moving the mirror to the bedroom. After the first night, we noticed that we were uncomfortable with the mirror in there. The vibe of the room had changed. Neither of us wanted to look in the mirror anymore, like we were afraid we'd see something in it. We started hearing this growling in our bedroom. So much so that it became the norm at bedtime. We'd be able to ask each other where it was coming from and track down which side of the room we'd hear it in. We decided to move the mirror back into the living room behind the door. One morning, I woke up to someone rubbing my leg. In a motherly way. Like your mom would do when you were ill and she'd check on you. Another morning, I woke up to the sound of a man saying the word Tasha. Because it was such a weird word, I didn't really make anything of it. But that's what it was. Tasha. A week went by and I mentioned it to my husband while at lunch. And he said, Oh, yeah, we still get mail for her. He had lived in this house for five years before me, so it had been a long while since Tarsha lived there. We went home and he showed me where he'd stored all of her mail. And sure enough, there was mail 
for somebody called Tarsha. We agreed that we didn't think it was safe inside the house with just one of us there. So we would wait outside for each other to come home. We also agreed that if it ever messed with my daughter that we'd move. But this waiting for each other outside thing wasn't exactly realistic since I worked two jobs. One particularly rough day at work, I went home at midday to rest. I started in the bedroom, but I heard the growling. So I moved into the living room onto the couch under a big picture. I opened all the blinds and curtains and laid down. Then suddenly it happened. I heard heavy footsteps run towards me from the mirror. Yes, that mirror. And then suddenly I could hear thousands of voices in surround sound from one ear to the other. I saw flashing lights with my eyes closed and felt my chest being pulled and pushed up and down off the couch. I don't know how long this lasted. But then it suddenly stopped. I opened my eyes, grabbed my car keys and ran out the door. I called my husband to tell him what happened. He asked me to go to a friend's house, so I did. And I rested. The sun was down when he got off work. I made my way back to the house, but stopped at the gas station on my way for a smoke. I ran into a friend there who told me I looked like shit. But I couldn't even explain to him why. We get to the house which we call the Mimosa House because it's on Mimosa Street. Nothing. The house is quiet. There's nothing wrong, nothing weird. We talked for hours about what could have happened and we decided that actually it was probably a seizure. So I make an appointment with the physician the next morning. My appointment was pretty normal. We told her what had happened, but not about the paranormal stuff. We run all the tests, and she even checked my colon, because why not? (laughs) There's nothing wrong. She laughingly says, Well, it sounds like you live in one of those paranormal activity houses. We did not laugh. We froze, and then told her everything. She then prayed for us and told us to leave the house immediately. But the rent is cheap and nice, safe areas with cheap rent are few and far between in Memphis. So we stay. But we decide to start contacting someone to help. Mediums, ghost hunters, anyone at all, with no luck. It's my daughter's fifth birthday. We had a great birthday party with a bouncy castle and all of our friends. Some asshole gives her a Barbie vet that births kittens from a mama cat. The toy sounds off every time a kitten is born, saying a very cute little meow, meow, meow. She's playing with this toy the next day while we're waiting to go to an event at church. I should clarify that we aren't religious, but my husband was the sound engineer at a church, so we'd attend all the free family-friendly events. So she's five feet away, playing with this toy, while I'm on the computer doing something on Pinterest. When I hear the toy go... Meow, meow, meow. She then says, Mommy, did you hear that? And I'm thinking, hear what? The toy goes off again. Meow, meow, meow. And she says, Mommy? And then one more time. 
meow, meow, meow. And then we hear, in a gravelly, evil-sounding voice, meow, meow, meow. She jumps up and runs to me. And I say, hey, baby, we're going to go to the church. And we run out the door. I tell my husband and we decide it is time to move. But we still have our funds tied up in our wedding. We tell our story to our old roommate and he has Native American roots. So he offers to smudge the property. He told us that he felt like something was off, but never experienced anything. His girlfriend then said that she would always see a shadow walk up to the front door. For clarity, their room was next to the front door. You'd have to walk up five steps to the door passing their bedroom window. And she would see this shadow every night like clockwork. The smudge works, at least for a bit. I saw a white man walk from one bedroom to the other right before our wedding. He was tall, blonde, short hair, an Owen Wilson-esque nose, just a normal looking man. He didn't scare me as much as shock me. He didn't feel the same as what we felt before. So I calmly called my husband home from band practice. It was almost Christmas at this point and we were days away from our wedding. We just reminded ourselves that it's not for much longer. We got married on December the 19th. Turns out that we created our son that day too. Whoops and yay. We find out about him on January the 5th. Freak out, cry, laugh and then dread. We cannot possibly live there with a baby. To prevent us from finding cheap good housing on the fly, we quickly move in with my in-laws to save money. What's odd about this property is that our friends moved in after us, laughing that we thought it was haunted. Nothing ever happened to them that they told us about, but they moved out before the lease was up. Whatever this was, it followed us for a bit, but eventually we gained the ability to tell it to fuck off after so many years, and eventually it did. It's a haunted mirror. If you move into a house and there's a mirror there, and it's just propped up against the wall, Take it to a charity shop, give it somewhere else. Oh, I'd, I'd love it. I'd be the same. I'd be like, look at my outfit. Look at my six foot mirror. I'm so stunning. No, no, no. no that story no. gave me the hijibs. Oh, don't like it. And can I just say, your demon voice is getting more demonic by the minute. Am I actually possessed? That's the real question. That gravelly meow meow came from somewhere I've never heard. Another tone of voice I've never heard come from you before. Sorry. It's really unnerving because you're across the room from me. Wouldn't you just <laughs> shit yourself though? Yeah. Like, because I was just imagining sitting at the computer and listening. And I know what it's like when kids get a new toy and you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm going to throw it out the window. Or very conveniently, oh no, the batteries are gone. We don't have any batteries left in the house. Oh no. (laughs) But the little girl being there and going, "Um, can you hear that? I'm not doing that. What the hell was in that house? Owen Wilson, apparently. Owen Wilson, yeah. (laughs) I'm very glad though, like, because what what this girl talked about did sound like an aura you know when people have seizures and they have a weird aura beforehand so i'm very glad you actually went went in and got checked out because a lot of people experience auras and don't realize that's what they're experiencing and it's super important to go and get it checked out for medical reasons however on the flip side of that (laughs) if you go and get checked out and there's not an aura (laughs) that means it's real well no that, that would be terrifying 
That means that she did hear all those people talking. But, but you must think though as well in that situation where you have you think right maybe I've had an aura or maybe I've had a seizure, and you go and they say no no you haven't had a seizure you must think am I actually going mad. Am and, I going and mad? And the physician, physician jokes about ghosts. And you're like, no, don't joke about it. This, <laughs> this is, is really, really not funny. I mean, that has got, with with a bit of like fanciful elaboration, that has got movie script written on it. Yeah, doesn't it? Mm. Definitely. Contact James Wan. He's the one. He, yeah, he'll do it. He's the one. <laughs> that was good. I didn't even mean <laughs> yeah. to do that. So if you enjoyed today's episode, you can find me on Instagram at Real Life Ghost Stories. You can find Dan on Instagram. At 50p Movie Club. You can find us on Twitter. At Real Guys Pod. You can find us on Facebook. Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast. Give the page a like and join our supergroup, which is RLGS Supergroup. And the password is... Emma and Dan. The supergroup is also known as the nicest place on the internet. Truth. If you would like to send in your story, you can do so by emailing it to... Real Life Ghost Stories Podcast at gmail.com. You can support us on Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash Real Life Ghost Stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content. All of the links to everything that you need will be in the description of this episode. That I mean, is like everything you need related to us. Like, there's not links for like healthcare and. Oh yeah, just related to us. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that is like second nature to me. That's going to be my final words. Yeah. You know the way people have loads of like pithy final yeah. words, like Oscar Wilde being like, "Either that wallpaper goes, or I do," which actually didn't happen. Mine will be if you enjoyed this week's episode, and people will go. What in the world is like, no, she oh, talking she, about? She's dying. Oh, oh no, she's dying. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> this moment will come. And we shall see you tomorrow. Bye.